0: Welcome to another episode of the Heck Yeah Comics Podcast with your hosts, David and Nick. This week, we'll talk about the long awaited end to a long running book, how Dick Grayson is holding up in the spy world, our thoughts on a slew of new trailers, and all the casting news you care to hear about. Stay tuned for all of this and more. The other day, Debbie and I are sitting there, enjoying breakfast, as you do, and I've got like a stack of uh, comics in uh, bags and boards just sitting there that I haven't put away yet, and uh, she's like, how many comics do you think we have in the house? And I'm like, you know, I don't know, like 200, ballparking way off, and she's like, how many do you think are sitting right there? And there's like 30, probably, sitting right there. And this is like typical, uh, you know, what I've been collecting for the last few years since we've lived in this apartment. So, I'll just, you know, just quickly change this. I'm like, okay, fine, 300. Like, trying not to say, like, there's probably like four or 500 comics in this house.
1: Well, like four 000. or
0: 5,000. Yeah, she doesn't even know the half of it.
1: You've been, you have secret stashes, like, under floorboards and stuff.
0: Yeah, and we don't even have, like, hardwood floors, so it's really difficult. I have to tear up carpet every single time.
1: It's you know what, but it's a dedication to your craft. My my craft not, of not your craft. I, I I said that wrong. I chose my word poorly. Your obsession. Your
0: yeah, because obsession is better.
1: Well, you know what, David? We all we you know, other words they they come up and then they go away and then we all move on.
0: But we're not going to move on, Nick. We're going to we're going to stare this in the face. Until... This will be
1: known as the craft controversy until
0: you get the help that you need. Oh, thank you. I've been trying so hard. Hey, so I told you earlier that I have a surprise for you. You did say that you had a surprise for me, it. and I w- immediately w- forgot. I wanted now. to wait uh, for the show because I wanted your reaction to be real, to be live.
1: Oh, well, did I, I apologize. I can't actually do the show right now. I have. I have to go. Maybe we can catch up next week. Maybe I you know, maybe I have a night off later in the week and I can do it, you know?
0: Uh, no, that's fine. I'm just going to replace you with me uh, doing my impression of you. So here goes. Oh, hey, Nick. Uh, how are you doing today? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm doing real cool. Oh, thanks, David. You're so smart. Oh, Nick. I know. I know. Uh, that, see? We don't even that need you. That was close. You. That was close. All right. Like
1: almost like me.
0: It was pretty much 100% like you. Okay. okay, are you ready
1: now? All right, I'm ready. All right.
0: So, earlier this week, you get a text from my comic shop, and they're like, hey, because they're doing, they're doing a new rewards program. They're like, hey, you get 10% off of like a purchase the next time you come in. I'm like, that's super cool. I already get 10% off, so I get 20% off on an item. Sweet. Mm. Now, what am I going to get? Nick, what book have you been waiting for me to read forever that's been out for three years? Hmm. Well, the
1: private eye, but that has not been going. Nah, on.
0: not not a thing. Never heard of it.
1: Uh, written by Brian K. Vaughan. Maybe you've heard of him. It's a thing. Um, he's, he's real. Who's
0: that? Who Brian? Who
1: Brian? Uh, the okay uh, book that you've been. I've been trying to get you to read for three years. That you would years, think
0: that years. I would have read by now.
1: That I thought that was the private eye. I am stumped. I've been You're so stumped. focused on the private eye.
0: Uh, written by uh, a certain Mister Johns. And uh, oh, John's. he's written in il- Stars and Stripes, illustrated by a certain Mr. Frank. Ah, Batman
1: Earth One, Volume One.
0: Yes, oh, buddy, that has taken me three years, but today I purchased and read Batman Earth One, Volume oh,
1: One. I mean, and you had work today, too, so yeah,
0: I definitely uh, definitely did like, have work today.
1: It's like like you totally worked, right?
0: Yeah. Totally. For legal
1: purposes, you totally were.
0: As far as my company is concerned, I, uh, if, if you're listening for whatever reason, company I work for, I love you. And <laughs> Please
1: I, don't fire me. I've been there for two weeks.
0: Yeah, I've done good work. Just ask Susan in accounting. There's no Susan in accounting.
1: <laughs> uh, so what? First impressions or first impressions? In, impressions. So
0: impressions. Um, you know it's. It's good. It is good. Uh, there's some things about it that I that I don't love, but you know, I don't care about that. I wanna to come with to this and none of that has to do with uh oh, like how they change Because some of the changes are what I really love about this. Mm-hmm. Um I love the change to Bullock. I thought that was a really interesting take on the character. Um I really like how Jim Gordon was handled in all of this. Uh unfortunately when you have like these big stories, um uh, you know, of of Batman where you involve so much of Gotham in all like the bigger Bat family. Mm-hmm. I feel like Bruce Wayne kind of gets pushed off to the side or becomes a little bit one note, um, which is what I really felt happened in this, uh, where him and Alfred were were interesting and were doing interesting things, but they didn't really feel like they were, um, I don't know, too dynamic. Uh, mm-hmm. where, the, where the characters I thought that were dynamic were uh, more Bullock and Jim Gordon. Um, they were the ones who both changed the most by the end of this, uh, you know, like Bruce kind of got to this moment where it's like, I'm going to still keep being Batman, but like, I don't, I didn't feel like anything in him really changed. Uh, I thought there's
1: nothing surprising about it. Whereas when you, when you, when you open the book, you're surprised at a Jim Gordon that's less than that's like, yeah.
0: Who's like, he's not fighting against injustice. Yeah, um, and it is letting it happen so brazenly. Which, like we've had like the taste of that, but usually when, you know, usually like when he gets a full whiff of what's going on, he like steps in. This is he like is facing it head on, and he's just like, oh no, it's totally cool, it's fine. We're just gonna let it happen. Um, I thought having uh, Cobblepot be the mayor was interesting. Mm. Uh, I. I I don't really get how they would just like brush off the fact that he got blown away with a shotgun out a window uh, and be like, God, oh, no, nothing really happened. It's fine. It's cool. We're not going to investigate that. Well, you haven't that. read Batman. I, 1, 1, I haven't read 1, Volume 2. 2. That's true. And I'll probably pick that up soon because now I want more of this story. I'm very mm-hmm. curious. Um, And you know, I don't want to go too much because there's lots of other books and there's all this news that we didn't get to talk about last week that we want to talk about this week. Uh, so I really, really did enjoy it. Um, I'm really curious to see more of the Dent characters, um, as you know, as the, I, I assume they become more involved in volume two, uh, yeah, having having there be a female Dent um who becomes mare, spoiler alert, this book's three years old. Uh what was I, I like and this is something that I kind of liked about Superman earth one that I didn't think they handled as well as they did in this, which was, Hey, we're not going to just use traditional villains. And they totally do use, they, you know, they use, um, penguin and like in a kind of slightly different way, but the whole birthday boy thing, which was not a standard Batman villain, Mm -hmm. but I thought worked really well in the story was handled really well. And I appreciate them doing that too. in Superman earth one, I just didn't think they, they did it as well. Um, the character didn't fit in or wasn't like wasn't compelling or anything like that. Um, there's one other thing I was going to talk about with this book. Uh, the art's great. The art is uh, fantastic. The scene when
1: Batman punches Jim Gordon.
0: Oh man, it's good stuff. Oh, I know what I was going to say I hate the bat symbol on his suit. <laughs> the tiny yellow bat symbol. You
1: didn't like it when Grant Morrison did it in Batman Inc.
0: I wasn't a huge fan there either, unfortunately. Um,
1: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's not the but, most – it's that, iconic in a way, but it's not well, ideal.
0: The fact that it protrudes off the chest is really what kind of gets me. is When it's like flat yellow, that's fine. I'm fine with that. But when, like, when it's like a whole thing that's like off of his chest, it's weird. But neither here nor there. Didn't detract. It should be a
1: flashlight. It wasn't a flashlight, but it should be a flashlight. Yeah, he
0: should be able to Care Bear stare with that thing.
1: Right, the Bat stare.
0: The Bat stare. I'm totally in. I'm into it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is my very quick thoughts on uh, Batman Earth 1, Volume 1. And... It's, it's
1: great actually having you talk about it because it, it's been well three years since I've read Batman Earth 1, Volume 1. And when I was reading Earth, the volume two, not I keep wanting to say Earth two, like it'll be Earth one, Earth two, right. Earth three. Yeah. Um, when I was reading volume two, not that long ago, there were like you were mentioning how um, the uh, I can't even think of her name, but the female dent Jessica becomes dent. mayor, and I thought that was just something that came up in volume two. I forgot that that's something that they talk about at the end of volume one. Yeah. So it's it was just kind of like oh like maybe I should have actually read volume one and then read volume two. Mm-hmm. I
0: can't find my volume one mm, how curious
1: I'm wondering if you didn't purchase it David I <laughs> somehow ended up, it. In,
0: ended up in a comic shop here that I picked up um, yeah no it's, uh, it's, it's good stuff I, I really am excited to read uh, volume two and of course we have, a, we have a bunch of other Earth one stuff coming out in the next uh, couple of years here but we'll talk about some more of that in a little bit um, is, it, is it next year, uh, Wonder Woman, Earth One? Uh, no, year, right? Wonder
1: Woman, I believe, will come out by the end of this year. I I'm thinking around pushed, November. I thought it got, got pushed back because 75th when the it was anniversary to come out or last or year.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I'm pretty sure it's due for sometime in this half of the year. Uh, obviously, it wasn't the first half because we just completed it. Right. Um, and then, of course, they. Oh wait, are we not doing announcements? Right. Hold off, folks. Tune yeah. in towards the end of the show. No, You'll you gotta... find out what other Earth One books are on the way.
0: Um, yeah, no, no. We're going to keep you in suspense. We're going to talk about it near the end of the show and, or sometime in the middle of news so you can't just jump to the end of the show and figure it out. You have to listen to this whole thing. This is how we get you. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. We really need you guys to listen to the whole show. It validates us.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: like, uh, right now, well, I started watching BoJack Horseman. By the way, oh
0: man, BoJack Horseman season two—it's it's on so Netflix, folks. Go check it
1: out. Because yes. if we were to be any other podcast, we would be the heck yeah, BoJack Horseman.
0: We, we really would be. I, have, I do have to say, heck uh, yeah, BoJack Horseman. Man, that show's so good. But we have so much to talk about. Ah, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Uh, let's talk about some stuff that actually came out this week, which we you know we try to do. Uh Nick what did you know what did you read today that you feel like talking about
1: Well David I read in no order though I guess I could put it in order I read Cyborg mm. I read Grayson
0: hmm. and
1: I forgot what else I read
0: hmm. that
1: actually may have been it
0: hmm.
1: Uh it, for me it actually was a fairly light light week I love Grayson um so that's a no-brainer Cyborg I obviously I you know I I figured it's got some um What's the word? What's, what do cool people say? It's got some heat behind it, you know, yeah. some buzz. Uh, so I wanted to, you know, get um, some honest thoughts. And um, um, I, um, yep, that's, I think, all I read. And then I was using Marvel Unlimited to read some old Captain Marvel comics, not the Carol Danvers Captain Marvel, the Janice Bell Captain Marvel. And you don't even know who Janice Bell is, so I'm going to stop talking. But Cyborg. Cyborg. So I'm going to go on.
0: Uh, I mean, Cyborg or Grayson, you know, we, we kind of mentioned Grayson at the top of the show, but if you want to talk about Cyborg, go for it.
1: Um, yeah, I'll start with Cyborg. Um, I I texted you about it, and because our listeners aren't privy to our text messages, thank God. Yeah, um, no, that would be... <laughs> but
0: we'd probably there. get a lot more but, listeners, because people want to be like, what are these losers talking about, weirdos? Very, yeah.
1: yeah, We I don't want to cost us anything, especially money. Listeners, eh, money, huh? gotta save all the money we can get yeah um anyway um cyborg number one by david walker and ivan reese and joe prado um is the kind of book that you're you're kind of happy to see because as far as dc is concerned like i mean david walker's an unknown i think to the general comic reading population i believe in my brief research of him he was working on a shaft book and I like know nothing about shaft so he was working on some shaft book recently um I think through dynamite and then you got Ivan Reese specifically and Joe Prado who's actually an artist in his own right um though he's inking Ivan's work uh who's obviously a DC dream team I'm sure every person that writes at DC would love to get a shot to work at them so it's a pretty this is a um, big sign from DC that they support this book this is also putting, the
0: first I've heard that it's pronounced Reese I totally had no idea what do you say I, I like in my head I was like Riaz? Reese I don't know.
1: I've always said Reese. I've also met him in person. Now, if I'm being honest, I never said hello, Mister Reese. I said Ivan. Yo, what's chummin? Yeah, right. You were. People say
0: you didn't. You didn't look at him. You cast your eyes away and cowered.
1: No, but I totally Ivan Reese story time. I carried a portrait of the various Lantern Corps, uh, fr- a framed portrait of all the characters, all around Boston City which we don't actually call it Boston City. I don't know why I just said that. I carry it all around the city, all the way through the convention, all day, just so I can meet him and have him sign it. And it's hanging on the wall directly to my right right now, and his initials are right on Hal Jordan's boob. So, boom. Fantastic boom. story. Cyborg. Cyborg, number one. Um, so, anyway, uh, it's it's really great to see uh, sometimes characters where, like, Cyborg, you know, there there aren't that many okay there's some terrible characters but many characters are usually just under realized and it takes a certain special chemistry to kind of bring them into you know the public conscious even someone like iron man you know really wasn't as popular as he was until like civil war slash the iron man movie came around and then he just like he just his, his time had come so maybe this is the time of Cyborg. I hope so, because he obviously has a movie coming up in a few years, and it'd be good if people are like super, super excited for this character. Which brings me to kind of a sad point.
0: Hmm.
1: I didn't really like the book. Hmm. Now, it's a first issue, and we've always discussed on this show how first issues can be hard, but at the same time, the first issue of any book in a crowded market does have to kind of try to be special and... I hope that this is a special book for a lot of people. It just didn't quite work for me. Um, It, I gotta just grab it here real quick. Um, It, the art was amazing. Uh, I mean, just, just the kind of like top, you know, dollar Ivan Reese artwork that you, that you would find. Um, But the story was in some ways it was typical and then, as far as overall execution goes, I just wasn't impressed. I kind of described him as—I um, feel like that's too insulting to say, so I'm actually not going to say it. But I'm the w- the way that I felt about the dialogue was that, um, in many ways, it was too casual. Y- you know, like there. Besides, like they, they they cut basically back and forth between like this this overarching threat that's probably going to be bothering cyborg for a few issues and cyborgs uh kind of building up cyborg supporting cast around him um in the cyborg sequences. Um but the the just the it was really the the dialogue that kind of threw me off. It just it, it didn't feel polished enough. It felt kinda of clunky and I was just like no one talks like that. No one talks like that. It just and then in some cases it's like the execution fell short of just like him like like making almost almost, like check marks off a list like i have to like uh, i'm trying to get this point across and i am not really again polishing the dialogue in a way that sounds natural but also engaging to a reader um so as far as first as you go i was not blown away if i was going to buy the book on artwork alone then it was then it's a definite buy but i don't really care about the overarching conflict that, that there are these uh, tech breakers. I think they're called. I mean, they look like, I don't know, uh, like alien monsters um, kind of, but with technology, no, sorry. The tech breakers aren't bad and they don't really look like aliens, but um, it's just not anything I I was initial impressions. I just wasn't blown away. And like some of the way that some of the way the characters talked were just, there's kind of ham fisted and it, it, I kind of realized halfway through like this book is kind of a chore to get through. But I like, I have zero knowledge of David Walker. I don't know you know, what his writing background is. I'm not sure. I've read some interviews with him about this book and his philosophical underpinnings are things that I can definitely get behind what he's trying to do. But for me, the end result, I just wasn't super impressed by great artwork. Um, I hope the book continues to get support. Um, I hope people, other other people are loving it. It just didn't do it for me.
0: So. Well, uh, give us a quick update. You know, we, we talked about Grayson a bit in the beginning, but now we're ten issues in, almost a full year of Grayson. Uh, actually, Grayson? I guess it would be a full year of Grayson at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, because you get the two month offs, and mm-hmm. then we're at issue ten. So, if it's been coming out monthly, you got twelve issues, and then futures end, so really like thirteen issues. Oh snap! Um, sure. Anyway, Grayson is that book where it just I, I going into it. The the first issue, not issue ten. I'm pretty sold by now. Um, I'm not sure what. Excuse me. I was expecting. Excuse me again. Um, it was just kind of like, on one hand, it feels like for me and my comic reading experience, I never quite got the like the Dick Grayson say as Nightwing book. I was looking for. Like I felt like I came in too late for some of like the late '90s, uh, early 2000s run. And it felt like he was a character that was always kind of meandering. Like no writer really knew how to just make him click. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, I did love his brief time as Batman, which in my mind was all too brief. But for what we got, it was amazing. I mean,
0: we actually got it for a fairly long time.
1: Not long enough, dude. They, whenever they do these things where they change up and they have like so and so taking over the the suit from 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 like Bruce or Peter Parker or whoever, you just you really, I, I don't want it to turn into a clone saga thing, but sometimes you, I would really like for it to make it feel like it actually would stick. Like, you want to do it long enough that, like, you're almost convincing people that it's not going to change back. And then you pull the rug out from under them. It's right. neither here or there.
0: Well, hold on, hold on. See, I want to look this up now. So we got uh, Batman RIP ended in 2008, November 2008. Uh-huh. Uh Return of Bruce Wayne was, um, Jeez, it's been so long. Listen, it was twenty ten. It was twenty ten. So alright, so we had we had two solid years of just Dick Grayson as Batman without Bruce Wayne around. And then you had two years later you had uh, Bruce Wayne's back and he's going to be taking over as Batman, but you also have Dick Grayson still being Batman until when was New Fifty Two? Uh
1: two thousand and eleven. So like a year later. Is it just a
0: year later? Yeah. Well, so I guess we did only get it for three years. I thought it was a little bit longer than that.
1: Nope, it was not.
0: Uh, anyway, tell us more about Grayson.
1: Anyway, Grayson was the kind of book that I just—I didn't necessarily want to see him as a secret agent because it obviously it's it's a kind of a, a huge departure for the character who's done surprisingly a lot in his time. Like he was a cop at one point and a museum cu- curator, so I guess it's not so far fetched that someday he would become a spy. But it, it's still like I was—I I wanted him. I wanted that it Nightwing book in my time, and I didn't think Grayson was going to be it. But in many ways, Grayson was the book that we wait. Is is it a positive thing to say that we deserve Grayson, or that we want? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Grayson is a good book. It's not. In many ways, it's not trying. It's it's like you. It's not a book that like they, they have a lot of word captions um, and they're like kind of plotting and existential and, you know, they mostly just like talking about how nice Dick Grayson's butt looks.
0: That is a major part of the plot. It,
1: it and it is like when you think about it. Um, but it's just it's fast. It's 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 it just it, it moves. It's a book that engages you. It grabs you on the first page and then brings you right to the end of the book. And then you're like, dang, I want to get back on that ride. Um. Anyway, uh, a lot kind of happened in, in between beginning of convergence and end of convergence. None of which technically affected. The nothing about convergence affected Grayson, but obviously you have in game with Bruce uh, slash Batman kind of disappearing and going off the grid, um, which of course him being Dick Grayson's only contact to the outside world makes it a little awkward when Dick Grayson's trying to ask for direction on what to do going forward, and he's got nothing. Um, so going into this post-convergent Grayson um, arc, um, Dick Grayson is trying to figure out how to do things on his own without Batman's help, um, which I guess is a popular trope for Dick Grayson. Um, some there's been some ha- um, change of uh, uh, authority at Spiral, and just you know everything kind of feels fresh. The book, you know, even though it's only on it's well not now it's on issue ten, it's it's not feeling stagnant. Um, there's a mystery going on. He's trying to solve it. Helena's trying to solve it. Uh, Lex Luthor shows up in this issue, which was a really interesting interaction, um, mm. obviously, because he uh, killed Dick before, sort of. But he's
0: also one of the people that n- would know that Dick Grayson is still alive.
1: Well, technically the only person that's supposed to know is Bruce. So well, yeah, but I when... don't think – I think Lex Luthor's issue, if I was to go back to the scene, um, he was as surprised to see Dick. No, I guess he did he would know. I never finished Forever Evil. So so Forever I didn't know if he Evil, killed like, him and then
0: he's the one that kills him and he's like, "No, if we act now, we can still save him."
1: Okay, I forgot that. So he does know that Dick Grayson is still alive.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so anyway, um long story short, it's just a good book. Um Michael Janin's artwork is not one um it's not a style that like I ever thought I'd really gravitate to. I was trying to get into like Justice League Dark when that was going because I thought it was a cool concept, and his artwork wasn't quite doing it for me. Mm-hmm. But he's just been like blowing me away on this book, from like facial expressions to action sequences to panel layouts. He just he makes the book sing. Yeah,
0: um, I haven't read it since uh, probably issue two. I'm way behind, but his um, yeah his action sequences were always just phenomenal. Just really yeah. like highlights of the book for me.
1: And this is, it really is the kind of book now where it's like, man, like, you know, it's not going to last forever, of course, but what are they going to do when, you know, this, this really is him kind of in his moment where he's not just back character Z. Like, he is, in many ways, I think in many ways, having the endgame plot point kind of take over and him not having contact with Bruce really is going to, we're now into that season where it's Dick having to stand on his own, using his own wits, not relying on Bruce for intel. And just kind of having to make decisions for himself. So I'm just really excited about where it goes. I'm I've I'm just super impressed with the creative team. They've really done a number on this book, and you know, uh, I'll keep reading Grayson until it sucks. Mantra for life.
0: Which hopefully you know, hopefully is never. It's, it's yeah, a, which yeah. is hopefully never. So, um it's been fair since I've read Forever Evil too, but Lex uh, reveals that he fed Nightwing a muscle hardening pill that would keep him from dying as long as they revive him immediately. So Lex is also the reason he's alive. Yeah. Entirely. Yeah.
1: There's a little plot detail we should bring up. Yeah. Yeah. Lex Luthor kills him, but he also resuscitated him.
0: Well, he also prevented him from truly dying
1: from the true death.
0: Now, Grayson, Grayson is a book that I really, you know, I want to get into and I want to jump back into. Um, I I gotta do it before it gets too far. You know, now some of the trades are out, so this is probably a good time for me to try to catch up. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we don't we don't have a guarantee of how long it'll last, but it's been you know very popular, so I don't foresee it going anywhere for a while.
1: It sounds like they're working in a season model, so probably like every eight to ten issues or so, we'll probably see some kind of dynamic change in the book. It's really the kind of book where they're 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 trying to keep you on your toes. They don't want to settle on any one thing for too long, which is kind of a Dick Grayson thing. So I don't know, it works. Grayson's good. People check it out.
0: Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. Well, anyway. lots of lots of cool stuff came out this week, but I wanna talk right now well I wanna talk about something big. You know, I wanna talk about an ending. Because endings are never easy. Fair and, enough. And you know, this ending Are you talking
1: from, about the end of our friendship, David?
0: You know, I I wanna do it on the show so you wouldn't cause a scene. Because oh, uh, there's all a these scene. people here. There's all these people here that uh you know I don't want you freaking out in front of. Uh, no, you know, for a lot of people, this is going to be seen as the end of an era. Uh, this book was very well uh, beloved, and it's really, you know, it's it's very sad to see it go. But I'm, it really may have felt that it was a little past its time. Uh, I'm not talking about fables because I'm way behind on that. No, I'm talking about Hawkeye, uh, more specifically the Hawkeye written by Matt Fraction. With a revolving door team of artists, but mostly David Aja, Aya, uh, a name we will never uh-huh. learn how to pronounce on this show. But last week, Hawkeye number 22 came out, and here I am to kind of give my rundown on it. And I had previously expressed my frustration in saying that the delay schedule of this book, all of these things just didn't feel... Like, it just didn't I didn't feel the tension of it because months would go by, and I'm not sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for it. I'm just like, oh, cool, another Hawkeye is out, and this book you open it up and you know it. Usually they do a, a quirky little thing of like, here's what happened last time. This one is just like, if you're reading this now, you know what happened. Here's how it ends. And part of me is like, I you know I respect that. Another part is, it has been so long since I've read a Hawkeye book. I don't know if I actually remember what happened last time.
1: <laughs> <sighs> Which funny fun fact, and I mean, I guess there's a lot of people. Like I don't really know what source is most accurate, but according to Fraction and I'm gonna go with Aha,
0: Aha,
1: uh-huh. uh, Aha, uh-huh. Aja. We're just gonna go with Aja. Yes, that's um, <laughs> Fraction and Aja uh, said that the issue has actually been done for months. Yeah. Which is one thing. And then I also thought I read a thing from Tom Brevert where he said, well, if it was done, it would be done. Like, it would be out, so to speak. So maybe there was a hang-up on the colorist side. I don't know. Um, but according to at least the writing and the pencil art side, the line that work side it has been done. done for a while. Um, um, so it being held back is curious.
0: Yeah. Uh, and one thing this book has going against it right off the bat is that there is already a new Hawkeye series that is three issues deep uh, which means that we already know the fate of a lot of the characters in this book Mm -mm. which means that they couldn't like the stuff that could have really had impact had I read this a year ago when it was supposed to come out really would have had an effect there's a scene where lucky the pizza dog gets shot and it's like, no, what's going to happen? Oh, wait, I'm reading the Lemire run. He shows up in issue number three. He's fine. Like, that. Like a lot of the tension of this book was removed immediately. And, mm-hmm. and that's just sad. That's sad to say that this, like, this storyline... And I'm sure there's people who held off the Lemire run um, who aren't reading it yet because they wanted to get the ending of that one first. And I totally respect that thought. I wasn't one of those people because just the run was kind of losing its magic for me with the delays. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is all not to say that it wasn't a great run. I, you know, I, I will applaud Matt fraction and his, you know, the team of artists that all worked on this book to make it something really special. It really was. It did a lot of great things for the character of Hawkeye who really was kind of a, a character, always in an odd place. He was always kind of a depressing character Um, which this book didn't hide that fact. It didn't make him any less depressing. Uh, but it, it didn't, it didn't take him into the leagues of captain America and Thor. It put him down on a very real street level, which really is what that character needed. It worked really well. This is a very well told story overall, but like I said, all these delays, a new series coming out, just all this tension was already removed from the book. Um, and you know, I'm hoping in five years I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna read the trade, and I'm gonna love it so much more because I'm gonna have it all there immediately. And I didn't expect Clint to die. I didn't expect Katie to die. I you know I knew they were gonna make it through it no matter what. But really, except for except for Gil, who died so long ago, which that was the most impactful death in this storyline. Rest in peace. Yeah, I, you know aside. You know, from that, like there wasn't just there wasn't any huge emotional moment. They make you think that Barney is dead and then reveal at the very end Barney's alive, Barney's fine. Um, so I'm conflicted about this book. Mm-hmm. Did I like it? Yes, absolutely I liked it, but I'm sad that it took us so long to get it. and I'm glad that we have a resolution to the story that in a lot of ways, I already felt like I sort of knew the resolution. Because Clint is still Hawkeye, Katie's still Hawkeye, he still lives in his apartment, so the tracksuit vampires don't end when Lucky the Pizza Dog's still around. Uh, it, yeah, just a lot of the punch of it was already taken out.
1: In many ways they changed everything, and in some ways they changed nothing.
0: No, and in yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of i just kinda being down say it's a bad thing. I'm just kinda of being down right now on this because of just sort of the the, the depression of, of it all. And, it was like
1: crushing my vibes, man. Yeah,
0: no, I'm real sorry about, about that, folks. Um, if you haven't read this run yet, and I'm sure that there's already some of it's out in trade, uh, give it a month or so, and it'll be you know the last volume will all be collected. And just totally, like, here's my glowing recommendation of it. It's a really great run. It's fun. It's funny. Uh, it's got a lot of heart. There's a lot of stuff you will care about. Definitely do go read it. Uh, It's just don't wait a month to read the last chapter. Don't wait a year to read the last chapter of it. Um, That, you know, being said also, I, I do want to say real quick, I'm really enjoying the Lemire Hawkeye run. They have he's been doing some very clever storytelling. I don't want to get into too much uh here where he's been telling two stories at once and he's found new ways each issue to do that. That keeps it fresh, keeps it interesting and is progressing both stories very well. But another book I want to talk about before we move on to any other news or anything like that is something that now is on issue number two. And that is We Are Robin. Uh, which
1: every t- We Are Robin. Bum, ba-dum, bum, 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 bum. That is every time.
0: Every time in my head. <laughs> that is exactly what happens. Wait.
1: What do they actually say in
0: that book? We did? are farmers. Oh, oh yeah, okay. uh, farmers insurance with J.K. Simmons.
1: <laughs> yeah, state State
0: Farm. Um, yeah, State Farm insurance. So this book, um, trying to get the the creative team, real quick. So we have Lee, uh, Bermejo. Man, we are terrible at names. Bermejo. Bermejo on story. Jorge Corona on art. Bermejo. Uh, Rob Haynes on breakdowns, whatever that means. Oh, Trish uh, Mulvihill on colors so here
1: breakdowns by the way is basically where an artist goes in and does kind of like a light rendering of what each scene is going to look like or each panel in this case and then the next artist comes in and kind of follows the template but ultimately adds their own flourish to it
0: interesting interesting didn't know that Uh, fun
1: fact the the book 52 the weekly series the breakdowns of every single issue was done by keith giffen
0: oh wow that's impressive
1: He did every single issue and then so so on and so forth. Every artist that worked on the book from Phil Jimenez to, to Joe Bennett, all of them all worked off of the outlines that he did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Continue. So we this, Are Robin. Go. This
0: book, We Are Robin. Uh, no. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I, I have to every time. So if it's following the exploits, uh, at least in these first two issues. It's going to be an ensemble book as more time goes on. We get to know these other characters. But it's it's mainly following Duke Thomas. Who is sort of the newest member of the bat family? He's become very involved. He's pretty much uh had us uh, push out Harper Row from our memories, which is unfortunate. Um, I feel like he's just kind of taken seat. He's been around since end game or not end game, uh since year zero. Um, zero year. I always forget which way that's it, but zero year. I am really doing Kids, great on my Duke, you're my Duke sound, Thomas. Bro. You're uh so zero year. Duke Thomas showed up as a little kid. Now he is in high school. He showed up in Endgame. This kind of bree- that comes right out of that where his parents are missing. He's bouncing around foster care, but he's still trying to find his parents. And uh, in the first issue while he's out looking for him because there's all these homeless people still living in the sewers, he goes to try and see if maybe they're there You know, who are uh, just remnants of, of what happened during Endgame. And while he's there, he finds out there's somebody leading this homeless army and they're getting ready to set all these bombs and blow up these major landmarks in Gotham. And when they find out he's not one of them, uh, they're getting ready to turn on him. This group of young vigilantes who are all in some way wearing the R symbol or wearing remnants of the costume of Robin show up, help him out. And this is where we pick up now. You know, they, they, they help him out. They all get out of there and then he gets picked up by this mysterious man who kind of sells him on what they're doing. He's like, I'll help you find your parents if you help us stop the bombs. So that's kind of our basic setup. That's how he's getting involved in all of this. Hmm. And all of these kids, you know, think that they're working for Batman. But Duke Thomas, who has history with Batman, is telling them, No, 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 that's you know, the person I met uh was not Batman. It was, it's this tall old skinny dude, Batman's uh, Bruce Wayne, I mean, the super really buff guy, um, you know, it's, it's somebody who is not Batman. It seems that is putting this team together, uh, which is very interesting. That's probably the biggest hook of this book right now. And and that's kind of the hook that they're definitely saying they're going to explore. They're definitely willing to explore, mm-hmm. um, it's definitely a a fun book. The art is very dynamic. Uh it's very interesting. Um the action scenes are are good. They're nice. The facial expressions are really good. This is um you know this is one of those uh w- where you have like Gary Frank's art kind of has this photorealism to it. Um this is a one that definitely has a, a foot steeped in reality, but it's you know it's it's art it's a little things are a little more exaggerated they're a little more fun you know people are very lanky like lanky of limbs or like it, you know there's this exaggeration to stuff that i think works really well and makes the art really nice and really engaging um, i i i'm enjoying it overall i'm very curious you know about who these kids are i guess kind of but you know who's who's behind them who's gathering them for what purpose um, there's like a, a million different ways this book could go right now. Uh, you know, it's clear like they're, they're going to try stopping these bombs, but what's like you know what's the bigger game outside of that? And I don't quite know. And I like not knowing uh, that this book is one that I'm curious to keep going back to because I want to find out what's going to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. You um, can't really <clears throat> excuse me, you can't really predict where the book's going to go, which is yeah, I, very I can, hard to do in this day and age. I
0: can predict elements of it, but. Hmm. Because all of these characters are so fresh and so new, uh, which is which is a really great plus of this book. Like even Duke Thomas, we don't, you know, we kind of know him, but he hasn't been around for years. He doesn't have an established pattern of who he is or what he does, so we don't know what all these people are going to do when they're together. We don't know what uh, what their personalities are, how they're going to all clash, what's going to happen there. So there is a, an air of mystery around it, which will keep me coming back onto this book and if uh if you're you know if you're like if you're feeling deterred cuz hey it's, oh, it's another batman book it's not really a batman book uh they're using robin as a symbol of you know robin is always the the young vigilante who's along with batman we're young we're not going to call ourselves the batman we're going to call you know we're going to call ourselves the robins which even that seems like a name that whoever put this team together is giving them mm-hmm. so the mystery grows en- right there.
1: Encouraging the...
0: Well, like, uh, Duke Thomas gets a, a a motorcycle and a jacket, and the jacket already has the R on it. Hmm. Um, and they're getting, you know, the, like, the person who's coordinating them is called The Nest. Yeah. This book uh, is, is good stuff. Don't be deterred if you think this is just another Batman-Gotham book. Uh, it definitely, you know, it does take place in Gotham, but it's not deeply trenched in in all of that batman stuff so check out we are robin
1: yeah it doesn't get old
0: never will well i think that about uh wraps up unless is there any other book um uh,
1: no, I mean, it, it. in many ways, I mean, despite that, it feels like we've been off and on the last few weeks. Um, I can't think of anything from the previous week that I'm burning to talk about. Right? Yeah. I don't oh, remember God. much past the day before. Right. Um, But uh, I don't want to overwhelm people too much with our thoughts. So yeah, yeah. we'll get we, back we, on we, the we, more we, consistent we, path going forward.
0: We've talked about a lot of books. So I think, yeah. I, think we're, I think we're covered in that department. I think our lawyers will say that we are clear. We're good, we're good, and just because we
1: did not talk last week, we've got a lot of San Diego Comic-Con news to catch up on. Lots
0: of news, and and really, coming into this week, my mind was, all right. we're just not going to talk about San Diego Comic-Con. Like, all that stuff happened, people know, but because San Diego Comic-Con happened, there's not really a lot of other news uh, coming out this last week. Which is fine. So that means we're gonna we're gonna visit a lot of those stories. Some of them might actually have some updates that you don't know about. Um, and so let's just dive right into it. Wow. Uh, there's been some new books announced. We'll talk about quickly the Vertigo books that have been announced. Um, there is twelve in all. Vertigo is kind of coming to this weird place of Basically, was it was it going to disappear? I think they had uh, one, maybe two books like left on the imprint. People thought that it was just going to kind of get quietly retired. And then at San Diego Comic Con, they're like, "Boom! Here's twelve new books," and uh, which,
1: which yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, at the same time, if you think of like comic publishers as cooks, um, there obviously are a lot of cooks in the kitchen right now. Um, both big and small publishers, of course. And, and Vertigo, obviously, is a giant, and its history is undisputed, and its, it's, it's legacy uh, ongoing, of course. And, um, you know, it's really set the stage for what creative-owned comics have become. But creative-owned is such a broad term that really encapsulates anything that's basically not Marvel or DC superheroes um, that, you know... Bes- besides thinking of Vertigo, you think of like John Constantine and Swamp Thing and why the last man, which is done by a writer you're familiar with. Um,
0: uh, why, the, uh, who wrote that?
1: The, you know, Brian K Vaughan. He's, you know, uh, he's that
0: name. Seems he's, like he's it should be familiar.
1: Um, and, and, among other things that they're known for, even, you know, which obviously Vertigo like was like amazing even before. Well, I guess around the time that I was born. doesn't matter. Um, it does feel like since like uh, Karen Berger, I think her name is left, and the the DC's kind of focus moved away from Verti- you know, from Vertigo. They were just really about like uplifting their superhero line, and then around the same time, Image Comics has just been like humbling it with creator-owned stuff. It's hard to say now what Vertigo can offer creators to bring their own material to it. That they couldn't get from Image, where I, I don't know what deals they get at at, at Vertigo, but I mean, when Image's whole stick is that basically you own your stuff, we basically just foster it for you. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I don't know if DC still gets a cut, like uh, cut of ownership or something from Vertigo. Uh, you know how you know, how that works out it might be a contract to contract kind of thing. Um, but it, it's Vertigo now is at this point where, you know. You know what? What are they? What can they do that? Other creator-owned heavy publishers can't do, especially in this case, Image specifically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I feel like this is something that, like, say, Dark Horse is also having a bit of a crisis of identity because, you know, besides books that they're known for, like Hellboy, um, they, again, there really isn't anything that they could do that a, a company like Image is isn't already doing. Uh, obviously, as far as like when it comes to the the dirty side of business, might not be doing better. Long story short, let's talk about these twelve issues.
0: Well, 12, 12 whole new books, Nick.
1: Sorry, you're right. I'm oh, what am I saying? Twelve books.
0: So there's, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna dive into each and every one of them, but there definitely are some cool names that are attached uh, attached to a number of these. Um, one thing that I think is very interesting is we are seeing a revival of the Lucifer series.
1: It is interesting, and I'm, but I'm wondering if this is a Lucifer book that's less tied to the original series, but more in line with the upcoming TV show.
0: Hard to tell. I don't think they really uh, commented on that when they uh, when they announced it. Um, it will be we'll be curious to see. I still have never read Lucifer before, and it definitely. I mean, it probably will be given the timing of it, but it's good timing of it, you know.
1: But in a in a for Vertigo, which really is kind of the the it was the in, it was the imprint that got made because creators were taking a stand about what mature what defined mature content in books mm-hmm. like Swamp Thing, um, and and I don't want I'm not really one of those like pretentious hipster types that are like oh someone sold out like they totally went corporate, but in this case having a Lucifer book come out around the same time that this TV show which has been considered fairly procedural if you judge the trailer. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a corporate move for a, uh, an imprint that was really kind of a, a trendsetter and neckbreaker. Wait, a, who says that?
0: No one. No one says I, that. Absolutely nobody says that. Neck, um,
1: what, how would you say? I,
0: you know what I mean? Like head
1: turner. I, I, I head turner. You know, like they 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 defied expectations and then they snapped some necks anyway.
0: Uh, <laughs> As um, you do.
1: So it just the Lucifer thing does seem almost kind of like a more of a corporate move than a creative move. Like I think, I think it's perfectly fine. Like to obviously you want to capitalize on things, but again, it's like, it's vertigo. Like it's something you'd expect from Marvel, from DC. And even though vertigo is DC, there's kind of that little line that could off on its own thing that wouldn't be held to the same expectations and standards. Again, let's get back to these 12 comics at hand.
0: Right. So 12 comics, you got stuff coming out. Like you've got, Twilight, Children, Survivor's Club, Clean Room, Art Ops. Uh, I'm not going to go through and list all of these, but a bunch Unfollow, of...
1: Unfollow, Slash and Burn, Red Thorn, Appa- Jacked.
0: Apparently we are.
1: Sheriff of Baghdad. New Romancer. New Romancer. <laughs> Lucifer. Last Gang in Town.
0: So those are the 12 books as we've now named them all. Oh, oh it took us so much time to get to this.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Lucifer of age... Um, uh, but it seems like they're ahead.
0: definitely – they're trying to keep up that, hey, this is the uh, you know, the mature line of comics. Uh, Twilight Children maybe being the exception on that. But a lot of these seem like they're definitely going to be exploring topics that are um, well, more mature.
1: If, if we're doing what I, – I, I'll kind of frame it within the books that I would be the most curious about. The Twilight Children, of course, is written by Gilbert Hernandez who is – you know pretty familiar with mature content comic books um uh, i believe him and his brother did love and rockets if i remember correctly a book that was kind of i feel like before my time um but i know of its importance and then darwin cook of course has is a has a pretty long range when it comes to his artistic endeavors but most recently he's been working on the parker um adaptations which are fairly mature mm-hmm. um so who knows what heck twilight children's going to yeah
0: and and i'm I'm saying that based purely on the you know the cover of course it'll probably be dark and creepy um as far as books that i'm interested in this i'm sure there's a number of them that are going to be good uh really cool maybe one might suck let's be honest uh you know there's 12 of them i'm i am curious about uh jacked uh mainly because i you know i think aaron kripke is a pretty good writer um, I have watched the first five seasons of uh, Supernatural, and you know that 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 the first five seasons are really praised because of its vision, mm-hmm. and that's because of Aaron Kripke or Eric Kripke. Uh, John Higgins don't really know his art that well, but I guess he worked with Alan Moore a bunch as his colorist, so he's got that going for him, which is nice. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure we'll probably talk about one or maybe two of these books as they come out if any of them happen to catch our eye. So look forward to that. Yeah. I
1: do like me some... I just lost them. Um, Rob Williams, Mm
0: -hmm. known
1: for Class War, which is a good book. Cy Spencer, who I've been praising for X-Force and The Spire. Um, And then Simon Oliver, who's been doing um, Federal Bureau of Physics, which is actually a Vertigo book, which is really good, um, doing uh, Last Gang in Town. So definitely... Oh, and uh, Tom King tom king is grayson right he's grayson
0: he is grayson? is
1: grayson he he is grayson hold on let me grab my grayson again
0: yeah your grab- nick this is a family show
1: tom king so i mean oh, i kind of cool. maybe want to check out sheriff of baghdad because mitch Gerards, the artist uh usually works with nathan edmondson and they do a lot of like um government typey you know like spy um military type book. So Tom Kim having a background in, um, I can't think what CIA, a CIA background and Mr. I'm thinking Sheriff Baghdad is going to be kind of an interesting book to check out. Anyway. Um, I'm excited for Vertigo. I hope this is something that really refreshes the line. Uh, I hope people dig these books. And at the end of the day, I don't think we ever really want to come onto this show and try and knock anything. So I hope every book finds its uh, finds its audience and does well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think that Vertigo would be a really good way for DC to be like, hey, why don't you come write for us on you know like this, you know, on one of the big, you know, books. And we're gonna kind of have a little more control over it, because that's what we do. But hey, here you know, here's also an option for a Vertigo book, which you will have much more freedom to do what you want with that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of in many ways, it's probably you know, these are a lot of writers who have some of these writers have established histories with DC, um, somewhat relatively new relationships. In other Mm -hmm. cases, you know, you can't deny the name brand of Vertigo. So, I mean, it can be a lucrative option for a creator, even on simply a trying to get your name out there basis. Because people are going to be looking at like, they expect the quality that Vertigo provides, and they're going to want to see what this new, you know, cast of books are going to do.
0: Now, Nick, uh, if you were Ron Perlman, uh, what would you say about a Hellboy 3?
1: I would first off say I am Ron Perlman and um, as Ron Perlman I would say that Hellboy 3 is a necessity nay it is a requirement for the continued existence of existence
0: that is which more or is less.
1: more of a paraphrasing of what it's, the real Ron Perlman actually said but well, pretty it's, close.
0: it's pretty close because you know Ron Perlman has said passing on Hellboy 3 is not even negotiable for him this is something that absolutely must happen and then Guillermo del Toro came out over the last week, so that that Hellboy 3 thing is something that Ron Perlman said at San Diego Comic-Con. The Gamma del Toro thing is more recent in which he said, look, here's the reality. Hellboy 3 would cost at least $120 million at this point, and nobody is looking to give us that money.
1: Which is really un- unfortunate because first off, I mean, I don't know if the Kickstarter would get all the way there, but judging by like what some of them have been able to rack up, they should at least get like a Kickstarter going on Hellboy. Secondly, <laughs> I feel like there's enough people associated with the property, uh, either some of the actors, some of the producers, you know, that, you know, probably enjoyed the overall work of it, end product, that could probably tie their millions together out of their own pocket.
0: But that's such, that's such a. Film. Gamble and such a hard thing. You know, it's hard to... It,
1: it, well, it's the kind of thing where you're making... It, it's really one of those things where it's not so much about what the movie will ultimately end up making on the other side, but putting the money, money forward for that last final creative endeavor. Mm-hmm. It really is a, a creative investment than it is a financial investment.
0: Yeah, and I would say even Del Toro's comments were being made in a way of that, look, it, it, it's not that it would never happen. It's just that it's not going to happen right now. And unfortunately, you know, Ron Perlman isn't getting younger. He's probably got He was already
1: pretty... I don't want to say pretty old, like he's old, but he was an older guy when he did the first Hellboy. Mm
0: -hmm. Actually, let's see. How old is Ron Perlman? We're going back to the Googling. And this is a guy Thrill
1: to our Googling.
0: So he's already 65. Yeah. Right now. Let's see. When did the first Hellboy come out? Because that's... We're going to keep going with this train. We're gonna Ooh. find out. He's also going to be in Town. Pacific Rim too. Because uh, I what? didn't, I didn't know that his character survived Pacific Rim for the longest if time. If you keep
1: watching through the credits, yep. there's a, like a mid-credit scene where he cl- he like cuts his way out of the baby monster.
0: Yeah, I like I just had, I'd seen the movie like two times, and then the third time that I saw it, we were like just chatting and talking through the credits, and it just played through, and that happened. I was like, wait, what? That's a thing.
1: So you just said that you've seen the movie twice, but on the third time.
0: Yeah, I saw the movie twice and didn't see it, then on the third time.
1: Oh, I gotcha.
0: Get with it.
1: It's a little late, but anyway.
0: Uh, All right. so 2004, so that is uh, 11 years ago. He was already mid-50s when he did the first Hellboy.
1: I can't believe Hellboy was 11 years ago.
0: Yeah. Everyone associated
1: with that was like babies. We were like babies 11 years ago.
0: Eleven years ago, we weren't even born yet. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and then uh, Hellboy Two is almost ten years ago. That's uh, man.
1: It's almost well, how it's many years ago?
0: Almost, almost ten. 10? I mean, it nine, came out two thousand. came out two thousand eight. So, we're uh, you know we're getting up there. It's almost almost at least eight years. Old. But uh, yeah. So. Oh god! Well,
1: so, I really hope that there's a Hellboy Three before any of us die.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's just, you know, Ron Some Perlman, men, he's, he's got list. five years before he's 70. I mean, my dad's 74,
1: and he's pretty spry. I mean, I don't see him being getting put up in prosthetics and, you know, hanging from wires and stuff, but I mean, right. he's still spry.
0: You know, not to say that Hellboy couldn't, you know, he he couldn't, that Ron Perlman couldn't still swing a fist, but yeah, you can't get him in, in that, you know, the body swinging apparatus. I can't believe he was mid-50s when he did Hellboy. That's yeah. It's actually just weird to think about now.
1: I I knew that, too. I, I guess that I, I knew that he'd be 65. Um, but anyway, um, I, I I really hope that someone forks over the money. If I had $120 million just laying around, I would fork it over for Hellboy, among so, also feeding the poor.
0: Everybody the go out to win the lottery. Go buy lottery tickets. When you get your winnings, stuff it in an envelope and send it to Gamal del Toro. Yes. Send, send to Ron Perlman. He seems like he's more on top of this one.
1: Well, and, and Guillermo de Toro is the kind of guy that like attaches himself to fifty different pro- pro- projects and then lets them go. Yeah, we For haven't example, he even recently touched recently about let Justice League Justice Dark. Dark.
0: Oh, so sad.
1: Like, like, dude, don't like. Why? Why do you get so attached to things and then I'm detach surprised, them? I'm
0: surprised Pacific Rim Two is even happening.
1: I know, well, it's okay, cross your fingers because who knows? And supposedly a Pacific Rim cartoon as well.
0: Well, I think he would be much less involved in that. Yeah. Um, so. Crimson Peak is also coming out pretty soon.
1: That but that's something he actually got all the way through. Is that a remake? That just seems like a. Oh, I thinking think it Dante's Peak.
0: Yeah, da- Dante's no. Inferno.
1: No, what's that show with David Fincher that they just got back on?
0: Is uh, that something Peak? I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's a remake. I think it's a an original property
1: twin peaks that's what I oh, was. oh twin of. peaks uh um, um, yeah, yeah yeah
0: which uh the main character of that is sky's father on agents of shield
1: oh kyle mclaughlin
0: yeah i didn't know if he would know the name when i said it. yeah kyle mclaughlin is uh... i know him
1: from how i met your mother actually because he plays the captain
0: yeah oh the captain
1: i hear he's just as crazy on agents of shield as he is on how i met your mother oh so
0: much crazier <laughs> but we don't, we, don't have, we don't have to deal with the really annoying Zoe storyline, so it's a win-win.
1: Win-win.
0: Anyway, we're going to stop being sad about Hellboy. We're going to try to move on.
1: And it's get excited skin. about maybe some uh, Robin-related projects.
0: That's right. DC has announced that, all right, look, we did Batman stuff. We did Batman Eternal. How about we do Batman and Robin Eternal?
1: It, how, it makes sense. How about we
0: do a Robin war?
1: It, it's kind of nice. It, I, I actually, in many ways, like that they're shining a spotlight on Robin. Because a lot of times, my favorite interactions is when, like, Batman's interacting with the various Robins. And obviously, since New 52, we've had a bit of a short uh, short change on, like, interactions with Tim. Um, Jason's actually gotten quite a, quite a bit. Um, and obviously, his things with Dick Grayson have been kind of weird. But... I like that this event is centering around the Robin family and some of the uh, other characters, like I believe Harper Rope does play a big role in Batman and Robin Eternal. She's uh,
0: on the cover, so she has that going for her.
1: So, I mean, that's a start. Um, But other than that, I mean, one thing I do like about this, too, is that it's a six month event, not a 12 month event. Um, So you're only getting about 26 issues instead of 52. So it's something where I think all those times where you felt like Batman eternal wasn't bad, but it was really kind of plotting. This is something where they could, they in 26 years, they could really make it feel like breakneck pace, like really get to the point and, you know, do, do well, it would do well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think definitely cutting it down to six months is a really good idea. It really will, um, you know, allow them to be able to tell bigger stories that, that, at a much quicker pace um you'll have a lot of the same um people returning for this scott snyder and jason tinney in the fourth will return as showrunners as the in quotation marks there uh you have tim seeley coming back um genevieve valentine steve, Orland, Catwoman. Yeah, steve orlando who's writing midnighter
1: which is kind of pretty cool
0: yeah so you've got you, you've got a lot of people. You've got Tony S. Daniel will be initial artist and um, other people you know coming in, uh, which is cool. We have the Robin War, which is set for uh, five weeks in December, playing out in the month's issues of Robin, Son of Batman, Gotham Academy, and We Are Robin, along with one or with two one-shot bookends written by Grayson co-writer Tim King. Tim um, King's everywhere, man. Yeah, Tim he King is, is really everywhere. having the time of his life.
1: He he must be. Um, um, we Robin Gore is going to be interesting because on one hand, like you can totally see connective tissue between Robinson of Batman and We Are Robin just because they're more on the serious side. Now, granted, I actually haven't read Gotham Academy, but because it's kind of that Batgirl esque kind of quirky, um, eccentric book to, to the left, it it feels weird that it's going to be something that really actually gets into the middle of a DC-centric event.
0: Yeah, and if you look at the the cover they released for Robin War, you have Damien looking at you know all of the Robins coming down on him. Uh, but you don't see anything having to do with Gotham Academy.
1: Though so Damien is a student at Gotham Academy, which I wonder how they're going to reconcile that with Son of uh, Batman, because he's obviously...
0: Well, at Gotham Academy... I don't know how I don't know if they're dealing at all with the fact that Bruce Wayne has disappeared.
1: Well, I, I like I said I haven't read the book and I don't even know if Damien was supposed to be a student there long term. So it could be something where it takes him being a student there ends before he goes off on his globe-trotting mission. Hmm. But we'll have to see. I guess uh if I end up reading that event, I'll have to catch up on Gotham Academy. And we are Robin.
0: Bum ba-dum, bum 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 bum. bum. Uh yeah I'm I only read the first issue of Gotham Academy but it's still around so good for them people around guys uh yeah woo so Robin War probably definitely something we'll talk about on the show um if I especially if I keep up with We Are Robin so that's I mean that's at least saying We Are Robin's gonna last till December they have that going for them good job. yeah yeah they they're committing enough to say well we'll publish it till at least then. But, so hey. if,
1: if it's anything like when DC relaunched in 2011 a lot of the books that were struggling out of the gate um, they were like trying to prop up which I mean is always a nice you know uh, support from the company uh, usually got involved in various crossovers that didn't always make sense but they did it to try and prop up two struggling books so hopefully it's not a sign that these are three books that are Struggling well, in the eyes of DC. Well, we but are, we are Robin members.
0: just started. So did Robin son of Batman.
1: But you, I mean, there are books like Prez was announced as a 12 issue series, and I'm pretty sure it's gotten kicked down to six issues.
0: I think, no, I think it was always announced as six. It was one yeah, of the, it was, it was one of 12, the least... Unless
1: that was a typo and it was supposed to be six, but I'm pretty sure was. I mean, sure like Bizarro
0: was, 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 was always only supposed to be six. Yeah, Bizarro
1: was always supposed to be six. I'm pretty sure a lot, I've seen Confusion Online where people thought Prez was 12 issues and then it's saying that it's six. Um... Either way, um, obviously I hope all the books do well. I haven't been looking at the numbers. Obviously, the numbers that we have publicly aren't always the most accurate, but you kind of get a feel for where the temperatures at.
0: Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yeah. So Robin, good for you getting a day in the sun. This makes me wonder too, if uh, you know, if maybe Bruce is still kind of not around in December.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he's obviously on the cover of Batman and Robin Eternal, but well, well, are they going to bring him back in seems, time of that?
0: But if you, I mean, if you look at it, it seems like the side that he's on is sort of like an older Gotham, because you have
1: oh, you're right, because they show him and Dick Grayson in his yeah, new Dick Grayson, origin suit.
0: Yeah, Dick Grayson is in his Robin costume. Um, so yeah, and you know, if you have when you have it on the right side, there's no sign of Batman, but you've got uh, Red Hood and all the gang over there. And Red Robin, who they have no idea what to do with, but neither here nor there. Uh, we should, you know, I didn't
1: want to disrespect the legacy of Robin and J- Jason Todd's unfortunate death, so I called myself Red Robin to honor him, but also not step on his toes. And it was enough of a difference to make a difference.
0: You know what? You know what we should do? We should take him, we should uh, we should fling his character five years into the future, have him meet um, with another really famous uh, character, Terry McGinnis, from and 35 then, years. And then future. have them switch lives in a hilarious sitcom-like fashion <laughs> and just see what happens.
1: Because if I you – know, sometimes when I lay awake at night, I was always like, I wish I could read a book about Tim Drake, nay, Tim Drake five years from now as Batman, nay, as Batman Beyond 35 years from now. How do I reconcile That's... all this? I'm going to call it Future's End.
0: Perfect. Boom. 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 All right. Well, on to a bunch of casting news. Um, I don't have it all up here in the show notes, but I can remember some of it. Uh, we have our Damien Dark cast in Arrow. He will be played by Neil uh, Mc. Oh, man. McDonough? 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 I think it's Neil McDonough, who uh, also played Dum Dum Dugan in Captain America. Yeah. And he's shown up um, actually in a bunch of the Marvel properties. He. Yeah. I think
1: it was the last Super Bowl. He was in this commercial that was, like, like really, like, like. Um, I actually don't remember what it was about. It was basically about, like, like yeah, America, but, like, going to space and, like, fences or something. I don't know. Um, but, like, he came off very, very intense in that. And it's, like, the last thing I really remember seeing him in besides the Captain America movies. So he strikes me as a very intense person or that he can pull off intensity. And I don't know, like, next to nothing about Damien Dark. I mean, he's a, I think he's a fairly underutilized character in the comics. So I see McDonough bringing some, a lot of himself into the role, which now, I think actually could be good.
0: It's funny because, you know, you have him as dum-dum-dugan as this kind of loud, boisterous, fun-loving guy. And then you look at this like a normal picture of him and, like, he's got intensity when he's staring at the camera.
1: He does. And He's like, all I can think of is this dude's going to be intense.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. I think, um, you, you know, we're supposed to get uh, a more lighthearted arrow uh, coming into, well, green arrow coming into the season. Finally. And, yeah. And so if this is, you know, if this is kind of the counterbalance to that, where it's like, can his light stand up against the dark uh-huh. So I'm throwing a, I, yeah I hate myself right now. So I'm throwing a link in the show do. notes that has got a couple of more uh, casting news. If you want to look at that, just for names. Uh, Baron so Blitzkrieg. Baron Blitzkrieg has been cast. Uh, that was
1: like it a Nazi name. character, which made it weird because the guy's black. But um, I, I don't know anything about Baron Blitzkrieg. It just sounds like a kind of name like Blitzkrieg, like the uh, German Blitzkrieg. and more too.
0: Jimmy. Aking Bola has been cast as the villain, who is a leader of the faction called the Shadow Spire in the comics. I think he's supposed to be, um... I think he's supposed to actually recur in the flashbacks. Oh,
1: I think I read that. Yeah, Baron Blitzkrieg is going to be a character from the past.
0: Yep. We also have the appearance of Mr. Terrific.
1: Which will be pretty cool.
0: Played by Echo uh, Kellum, but he is not playing, um... What's, what's uh, Mr. Trivik's name? Michael Holt. Michael Holt. He, he is instead playing Curtis Holt.
1: Which is interesting. That
0: is interesting.
1: Why Curtis?
0: Um, they, now, they haven't said if he's going to be appearing as a villain or a hero, but we can assume a hero?
1: I don't know. It, you know I mean, it's weird because obviously, I mean, I think you're going to get some... Ray Palmer stuff in season four but he's mostly gonna like is mostly gonna set him up for Legends of Tomorrow and then
0: well he's presumed dead for most he of is. season four
1: I, I do think that they cover the fact that he's still alive and probably some stuff about Sarah in season four um, before moving them off to Legends of Tomorrow um, other than that I don't know if you know Mr. Terrific is the kind of guy where he's like Ray Palmer as far as Sarah concerned where he's like the head of a, a tech company and is also moonlighting as a superhero so I'm curious what if he's gonna just be a repeat of the Adam or what?
0: Yeah, no, still lots to be seen, lots uh lots of interesting speculation to be had. It seems like they're kind of like, All right, you're not you know, we don't have access to the A team characters. Well we're just gonna kinda we're gonna take the B team that's not gonna show up in the movies, and we're gonna have our fun with them.
1: In many should. ways, like they're creating the a justice society almost. With like a lot of the, the... Secondary superhero characters they have popping up besides Arrow and the Flash, which when you think about Air, Green Arrow is kind of replacing Green Lantern, like the the sort of Jay Garrick Alan Scott you know Flash Green Arrow uh, sorry, Green Lantern dynamic. Um, so like you got Arrow and the Flash as the A-listers so to speak, and then you've got a lot of these sort of Justice Society related characters hanging around. Mister Terrific's a Justice Society character. Uh, I guess you could even. I mean, I guess Hawk Girl is more associated with Justice League, but Hawk Man is associated with Justice Society, so mm. you can kind of get
0: and uh, and Atom Smasher, which isn't on this casting news, um, is appearing over on uh, on the Flash. But mm. it's the it's the villain version of Atom Smasher. Hmm. Uh, we also have another uh, Anarchy has also been cast. Another Uh,
1: Batman character, which is interesting.
0: Alexander Calvert will be playing, quote, an elite criminal for hire. Interesting. Which that kind of seems a little different than Anarchy's usual role.
1: Which is usually to create anarchy.
0: Yes. But, I mean, Anarchy's also a character who has appeared in a bunch of different mediums. um, And he's kind of always had these different interpretations. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... It's Yeah, so I think he's, he's a character that's kind of free to be imagined in a bunch of different ways, mm-hmm. um, which is fine, which is good. I think that's good. So I'm curious to see what their interpretation of him is going to be. We are also getting brand new costumes for um, Arrow and the Flash. Nick, your thoughts?
1: Flashes? I like. I mean, it's really not a big difference. He basically has white around the lightning bolt now um and i've liked the show, the 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 show suit uh, so far so it's kind of like getting him closer to the comic character i kind of like with these shows that they're that you know they're intentionally starting them in a more rough and tumble way and then allowing them to slowly develop into like the heroes that they ultimately become um so flash is in a way there's not a lot you can do with flash's costume besides make it probably less uh, oh, I guess make it even more like form fitting um but the the white is a nice touch as far as arrows goes or green arrows costume goes um I'm not a huge fan of it, but I'm gonna have to see it in action. I don't really yeah. like the fact that like you can see his bare arms um
0: that's always kind of been the staple of the suit in the comics
1: um I guess it has yeah, now that I'm thinking about it um. It just looks i mean probably not that the comic suit was all that practical, but it I just not to, and not that his previous arrow suit was all that protective, but it does seem like an unnecessary level of exposure, but I, I also don't know that could be something that's actually realistic as far as archery goes that you know being able to have like where your joints are more able to move will maybe help with freaking shooting arrows or something
0: I don't know um, and if you know listeners, please let us know.
1: Oh, you can get a Green Arrow costume. It's like and, forty-four bucks.
0: Anyway, uh, I, you know, they, they Stephen Amell had it on during the panel and was wearing it, and I thought it looked fine. You know, like you said, a little more in action, seeing it moving, not just in a promo shot. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked okay. Uh, it will be interesting to see it under the lights, you know, of the set, how it's yeah. going to appear on the TV.
1: Yeah, okay. I guess he really does have kind of sleeves us a lot, so I, I guess it really is more of a traditional green. So it's kind of a thing where, obviously, you can't have kind of the classic Robin Hood-y look. Um, it needs to look a bit more tactical and realistic. I'm,
0: I'm really hoping he comes back from his vacation with a Van Dyke. Right? Really, like he drew a beard the whole time? Really all I want.
1: Would be awesome. But you know, at some point he kind of has to have the scrunchy Van Dyke uh, by the end of Season 5 as far as his... Uh, flashback stories go Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess I'm I'm still not like a huge fan of like I said I really have to see it in action to know for sure Um, but uh, you know I I hope it works good in motion
0: I'm sure it will I'm sure it will and a couple more casting news we have Jay Garrick has been announced Uh, he his voice appeared in the trailer. And now we know he's going to be played by Teddy Sears. Teddy Sears. Teddy Sears. And we also have, uh, Patty Spivitt. Been- it is Patty
1: Spivitt. Okay. And I hear she's going to be a new love interest for Barry.
0: Yeah, whatever. That's fine.
1: Which, um, I mean, anything to get away from Iris. So I will say I, I think that her evolution, I mean, I think her overall, I think the actress um, plays Iris. I do think that she needs some TLC as far as the execution goes, because, I mean, I just made fun of Iris way too much. Um, but something about the final episode I really started to warm up to her, and I hope it's similar to how I kind of came around on Laurel, where like I was kind of hard on her, and then I was like, Yeah, no, Laurel, I actually totally get her story arc. The
0: Laurel arc, like, it's just impressive how they pulled that off.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, I don't necessarily want Barry and Iris to get together because it totally sounds like we're talking about a soap opera, but... No, um, but she
0: knows that it's him because their fingers sparked.
1: I mean, she's had to deal... the, The actress has had to deal with some kind of lame plot twist regarding Iris... Um, But it's something where I don't know where they could take her character in the same way they could take Laurel, because Laurel is technically a superhero, uh, is destined to be a superhero. Iris is destined to just be a really good reporter. Um, So, you know, but with Patty Spivitt, uh, it sounds like they're trying to catch Felicity Lightning in a bottle uh, a second time, judging by the way that they describe her.
0: Which now people are turning on Felicity.
1: Which is like, no, Felicity, I still support you. Olicity I support you Which I can't believe I said that and I hate myself yeah. but, You but are fired Despite the fact that I thought like The the overall Resolution of Oliver and Felicity Came off as kind of pat and clunky I'm still happy that they're together Because I still don't want to see Oliver and Laurel together yeah. I feel like their, their relationship has evolved Beyond just a it, Typical more... CW romantic plot It's
0: more of a work relationship at this point
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, I and I don't know, but at the same time, I feel like Felicity was. I will agree that Felicity was really, really cool, and she just, you know, she just kind of blew you away in that in that second season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how vital and just the energy she brought to the show, and it did feel like she got derailed a bit because, whereas Oliver got to kind of pine about Felicity, he also had a lot of other stuff to worry about, and Felicity's role is somewhat passive in a way where she basically is required to sit at a desk and read off a monitors and then direct people Mm -hmm. she is kind of support and then other than that all that she cared about beyond that was who is she going to date Oliver or Ray Palmer so it did kind of derail her character a bit yeah but But, um, I hope they kind of get back to what makes her so cool in the fourth season
0: yeah really really what they need to do is they need to just make Oliver and Felicity happy not really inject too much drama into their storyline, you know. I feel like if they're not dealing with that, if they're just like, all right, they're together, cool, fine. Here's just who they are. Like it's, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be great. Uh, if they like inject more, like we're together, but it's like, and she's like, but I don't know if I can handle you being a vigilante, and it's just so hard. It's like, eh, no. It's like
1: the whole time you've known him, your 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 whole professional slash personal relationship has been him being a vigilante, where you worry about him but obviously you understand why he's doing it and you can't really stop him and obviously even though he's quote unquote retired by the end of the 3rd season and we know he's coming back i guess they could do a whole like but i thought you you know i thought you were done done for good kind of thing and maybe put that kind of wedge in their relationship which i just hope they don't i hope it's something yeah. where it's like i understand why you have to right. don the the costume again and then just go from there yeah
0: you know, man, but here's the big thing: we're getting a, we're getting Jay Garrick from another world. In, Which is in Flash. Uh,
1: Flash is just that kind of show where I love the first season, and I'm I have no idea where it's going to go in the second season.
0: Yeah, they've they've confirmed that Grodd will return. Um, Which was to be expected. Apparently, uh, maybe this was just someone talking. And if this was if this was just someone talking, then I love this idea but that Cisco's power sort of going to evolve into more just understanding, you know, vibrations instead of being able to manipulate them in the way that Vibe does, um, where, you know, they'll deal a little bit more with, uh, with, like, troubles in the multiverse because he'll be able to, like, feel these things and understand these things. I don't know. It was just a cool thought.
1: Be able to then, go to different worlds and kind of fix problems as he sees them.
0: Yeah, or, like, or be able to guide Flash there um, in order to do those Those sorts of things, which I am all for. Just uh, don't, you know, just give me Cisco. And, of course, we have gotten the painful uh, news that Eddie Thawne is not returning. Oh, it's
1: so painful. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he kind of died at the end. Just
0: kind of, though. And
1: it could have been, you know, trying to bring him back could have been forced in the same way. It's like the way that, like, just the way that you killed him. Like, the death had impact. And we never like it when even though we hate seeing a char- a beloved character die in the comics we know they're going to come back and we know when they come back it's never going to feel as impactful as the death mm-hmm. um so it's not, i guess in a way i don't don't want him to come back because i don't want it to kind of diminish it, it sounds so weird like we're talking about how like important this is but like how important his death was important. to the overall plot to the overall the, plort, the plot the plot um but yeah I I will miss him and his beautiful, beautiful face. Beautiful
0: face. It is, uh, it is very sad that that is going to be happening. Uh, we're also getting Who, Zoom. God. We're getting Zoom as a villain, which will be very interesting to see how they play that up. Um, because apparently Tom Kavanaugh is still going to be kicking around. There's so and, many things. In what that, capacity, yeah, it's just very curious. They, they presented all this stuff in their little like sizzle reel. That it's like, wait, no, you have to give us answers. You have to talk to us. Um, but we will find out. I was reading something earlier that Robbie Amell got cast in something kind of big.
1: I did. Oh, what was it? I think it was another show, too. Not I don't movie, know if it was another it was show. Was I think it was a movie. And they did say that they, even X-Files. though Robbie it was, the... is going to be in Flash season two, they did also cast um, an actor, I don't think of his name, as Jay Jackson. Who's going to be the other half of Firestorm in Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Which I mean, I don't know if I don't know if Jay Jackson is a uh fake name and it is going to be Jason Rush recast. It's not like they haven't recast people on these shows, like Sarah right. Lance was recast from season one to season two. Oh yeah. Totally. Um uh, but
0: he was in, or he's he's, he's been cast in the X Files, which is supposed to be a limited thing anyway. So. Oh, it's like six
1: episodes, so I mean, he yeah. can bounce back and forth.
0: Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Um, and there's still so much to talk about. Um, unfortunately, you know, we're, we're starting to get a little low on time, so I'm just gonna barrel through, mention a couple of stories. Uh, Grant Morrison announces Multiversity Two, which means uh, which are going to be graphic novels, just sort of based in. Some various of, realities yeah, various realities that we didn't get to fully see or maybe exploring ones that we you know briefly got to see uh, i would love to see masterminds explored a little bit more mastermen mastermen yeah that's what i meant you heard me you knew me uh that would just be great green lantern core is the movie we're getting for the green lantern characters great way to go do a big ensemble thing don't, with more than
1: just hal jordan yeah
0: don't focus on hal jordan um, and Joss Whedon has announced his return to comics with a new series called Twist about a female Victorian Batman.
1: Which, if everyone's being honest, looks just like a female version of The Shadow.
0: Oh, it totally does.
1: Which is interesting. Now, I fully expect that this book will be pretty good. Um, but it just, it's just really, like, it's the female Batman. It's like, well, it's
0: really like the female Shadow. Yeah, no, it really is now. Man, the coloring and everything. Oh man, um, skirt seems really impractical for what she's doing. But hey, we'll see. Uh, you yeah, know, it's it's cool. I I I just bet that Joss Whedon is burned out on movies right now. I think
1: he needs to take it. He sounds like a kind of guy that never anticipated going as big as he did, and probably appreciates the the exposure, but ultimately needs to get back to the nitty gritty.
0: Uh huh
1: kind of thing yeah
0: and and i know he wants to return to television at some point but i think this is just kind of his reprieve right now of just doing something a little more (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Mm low-key oh Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, and uh speaking of earth one we got announced that there's going to be a flash earth one and an aquaman earth one
1: boom people you finally got to this portion of the show yeah what do you think
0: but oh the show's not over The show is not over because we still have to talk about the trailers. Nick? Oh, sure. Oh, yes. The trailers. trailers. Oh, my gosh. I just
1: had like a brain fart. Let's talk about them.
0: All right. Well, you start us off here.
1: Batman v Superman Donna Justice.
0: So let's talk about the Internet, who was like, Man of Steel sucks. This movie is going to suck. The little teaser you gave us sucked. Then this trailer comes out and they're like, I want to suck Batflex dick. Can I buy a ticket right now?
1: That, well, uh, <laughs> not the reaction I was expecting from you, David, but um, I'm glad you're open. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that obviously there Man of Steel was a fairly critically mixed response from fans, um, and I know that that it's kind of been 50-50 uh, as far as how people have been feeling about Batman v Superman. I've always kind of been on the more positive side and I will say that with this extended trailer, Comic-Con trailer I'm pretty damn impressed I'm pretty damn impressed. Now yeah, it's, it looks obviously it's fantastic. darker than I would like you know, but, and, but I mean, at the end of the day like, story's going to be what the story's going to be I just think the visuals look really impressive.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. I, you know What I love is that they, they presented all of this stuff to us, but they haven't really given away a whole lot.
1: Yeah, I um, mean, they basically they give you enough to chew on, which is basically, all right, Batman and Superman are totally going to fight at some point, and here's why they're going to fight.
0: But how long is that going to be the conflict? Because you even have Alfred in the movie saying to Bruce, this man is not our enemy. Yeah. I, I still feel like they're playing us a little bit. Um, I also kind of feel like you know because there's a, there's a scene in the trailer, and I wish I'd caught captured some audio, and I you know I will maybe to play in the future. There's a scene in the trailer where they are examining Zod's body, and to what purpose are they trying to find out what he's weak to? You know, since these like the same as Superman, is that how they kind of do the Kryptonite thing, or are they attempting to clone him? Or revive him in some capacity, and we get a Bizarro kind of situation.
1: Bizarro, or like Doomsday, like a Doomsday Bizarro hybrid.
0: Because there's a there's a scene where Batman uh, narrowly dodges eye lasers, and that doesn't feel like something Superman would do. They cut it in a way that made it looks like that's what's happening, but I really don't foresee Superman trying to kill Batman like that.
1: Yeah, he certainly wants to subdue him, but I don't think he has any interest in killing him. And that would be a pretty definitive way to kill a normal human.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, it does appear darker, um, but with just how lighthearted Marvel is staying, for better or for worse, uh, it, it's good for them to to go in a, in a different direction. Jesse Eisenberg is still people's biggest question mark. I feel like that was one of the biggest, most divisive things in this trailer, where you had people saying oh, man, he looks terrible, or just straight up, like, oh, he's totally going to nail this role. Um, We only saw, you know, maybe one scene with him Mm -hmm. and, like, a couple lines of dialogue from that scene. So really hard to, like, guess his performance. I'm totally on the train that's like, yeah, this is going to be totally cool. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's going to, you know, he's going to play it just very well of, like, his... I want to know what his public face is as Lex Luthor, you know? Mm. What, is, what is Mark that guy? Zuckerberg. People keep saying that, but uh, which is even funny too because I remember reading an article after Social Network came out that was like, everything cool that Mark Zuckerberg did in the movie was fictionalized. Like, Mark Zuckerberg is actually kind of a lame guy. <laughs> uh, yep. And, you know, Jesse Eisenberg and, you know, um, Aaron, Aaron Sorkin, David Fincher, like, made him cooler. uh which is you know how much you can say even from that movie. But I like Jesse Eisenberg. Um there's also this movie coming out with him soon where he's like a stoner who's a secret agent. Have you seen the preview for that?
1: No, what's that one? He's
0: a uh, oh man, I forget what it's called. But he is uh he's just like a stoner guy who works at a um a convenience store and someone like comes in one night and uh, uh American ultra that's what it's okay. called, and someone comes in and uh like says a code to him, which is supposed to activate him as a as a like secret weapon, like secret agent, and he totally like it doesn't connect, but people start coming after him he starts fighting them off and doing all this stuff, and he doesn't know how he knows how to do it um and so like people are coming after him, but he's trying to you know just get away I don't know it looks it looks like it could be pretty funny I'll check it out uh. Man, he got nominated for a bunch of awards for Social Network. Good for him. No, he was nominated for Academy Award. Good for him. Anyway, there was also the Suicide Squad trailer,
1: which was not supposed to be made public, but it became public anyway. Yeah, I so have they lots released of thoughts on that.
0: Concert. Yeah, I have lots of thoughts on that, but we're just not going to go into it. Um I'm gonna go briefly brief I'm gonna go briefly into it. <laughs> of uh people were being like you should just like you know, like they said they they said, Hey, people who are here in Hall H right now, we wanna do something really special for you. Here's a trailer for Suicide Squad that we're not looking to release. And then, of course, somebody filmed it. And the internet's reaction was, well, you should just expect that you shouldn't try to do nice things. you need to give us all of this stuff immediately it was it's really your own stupid fault for not just immediately releasing it mm-hmm. uh, which I think is just so entitled and dumb but anyway, it was good on um Warner Brothers to say fine and I, I like, like the way they worded it was like in that way that your mother would word stuff where it's like I'm not mad. Just disappointed. Yeah,
1: passive, Really passive aggressive. Yeah, which is like, which
0: is like worse. It's like we're not mad at you guys for watching it. It's just we didn't want you to see it like this.
1: And obviously, the the naysayers would be like, "You're just a dumb corporation. You don't have feelings." Blah blah blah. Except but that they, they were
0: they were trying to do something for those people in Hall Age. Anyway, neither here nor there. They released yeah. the trailer, and uh, m- man, still going the dark route. Uh, I mean,
1: at least it fits with Suicide Squad.
0: Right. Right. Um, of anything in this movie, no matter what your thoughts are, they are nailing Amanda Waller perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, the brief that way that she's in there getting people to do stuff they don't want to is my specialty. Just Octavia Spencer. That's no, it's Octavia Spencer. Who's playing uh, Amanda Waller?
1: Uh, it's not Vivisha A. Fox. No. It's... Vivica
0: A. Fox? It's Vivica A. Fox, Nick. Is it? Viv- well, Viv- Amanda waller so we're right back on the google train The google train um oh this is just terrible that we don't have what her is name her name viola davis it's viola davis that's who it is why did i go octavia spencer um viola okay. davis who uh yeah just looks like she is doing great in that role um i, I mean, also
1: she could be fatter
0: what yeah but is that, i mean whatever
1: Um, I'm being somewhat facetious here.
0: Yeah, we've seen a a ton of stuff of Margot Robbie, who's looking great. Like, she's really going to get that role down pat. Um, Of course, lots of stuff of Will Smith. Not as big in the trailer, though, as originally thought. Like, he doesn't seem like he's going to be the front and center of this movie.
1: Well, it sounds like it's really going to be between Jared Leto, Will Smith, Margot Robbie, and uh, Viola Davis. And then, I mean, there's a lot of people in the movie. Yeah. You know, like a lot, like, and I feel like some of them are going to be cannon fodder. Like how much are uh, we really them... going to see of like Enchantress or even Katana? Yeah.
0: What's, know, what's, what's, there's there's like, one of them that's definitely going to die. Uh, it's the guy with the match, El Diablo, I think, or Slipknot. I think El Diablo or Slipknot are definitely going to die. Yeah. Maybe both of them.
1: I mean, in a movie called Suicide Squad, someone's got to like die. You know, yeah,
0: up the stakes. Well yeah, I mean a bomb's definitely going to explode in someone's head. Uh I also thought Killer Croc looked really good. That was one people were very unsure about, but now seeing like how it's gonna look with post production work on it is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think uh yeah, that's, that's gonna be like a fun one. Um
1: and, and and I'm not a big fan of Jaya Courtney. Um just but I, I it's thought just, it's just, kind it's just of Jay rough. Courtney. No, it's not Jay. It's actually Jaya, and I had this argument with Andrew, but it actually is Jaya, because uh-huh. I thought it was Jay.
0: Uh huh. Keep talking. But,
1: but anyway, um, I they don't show him very, they don't show him a lot, but I kind of liked his gruff-looking Captain Boomerang. Uh, though I think I'm still partial to the Arrow Flash Captain Boomerang. But anyway, it's, I mean, it looks there's a lot like the, obviously it's a trailer, and trailers can be deceiving in a lot of ways, but I like the overall. David Eyer seems like a very confident director I haven't I don't think I've seen a lot of his stuff. Uh, I know he got some accolades for the movie Fury um, it just it sounds like despite the fact that he's working obviously on you know a big corporate movie project where there's a lot of hands trying to make sure that it comes out a certain way it's, it seems like he's really confident in his vision and that he's gotten everyone on board uh, and that he's making the movie that he wants to make and it, it overall like it looks to me it looks pretty good. So I, I mean I'm gonna show up just about for any comic book movie these days, and uh, I'm definitely showing up for Suicide Squad.
0: Yeah, we definitely we got a brief look at the Joker, uh, which received like a very big response in, um, in in the uh, in Hall H when they showed him because I of course did watch the leaked cell phone footage, um, but. It was very it was very brief, like it was way too short to even judge anything on, but I do think that Leto has the crazy eyes down mm-hmm. just like perfectly. I think we're really going to get a very psychopathic Joker, um, which is very cool. The tattoos are even starting to grow on people, you can tell. like Even people now are saying, like, the tattoos are fine, it's just the damaged one on the forehead. Um, I think if they go the route of Harley Quinn is the one who does this on him just when she's bored, people will just move on with their lives Mm -hmm. Um, the last trailer that we didn't get a great look at but i still have partially watched is the um deadpool trailer uh you didn't watch it i did watch but okay uh, i did watch it yeah, yeah so you know ryan reynolds came out and was like hey the reason that we haven't released it is because the you know the um the v x isn't like very well on like very well done on it yet we're gonna release it in a couple of weeks, which is odd that they would i mean I saw the you know the leaked footage and it looked okay. I don't know, I don't get where they have to like polish up. nobody who was in Hall h was like, Oh yeah, it looked terrible. it's i don't know a little odd to me in that respect, uh, but what did you think of the uh Deadpool trailer
1: um Kind of like with Suicide Squad, like they're not care. Like it's not a concept that I've usually gravitated towards. Um, there's very few Deadpool comics I've like actually liked. Um, but I mean, as far as the movie's concerned, I, I was, I was enjoying the trailer. So um, I mean, as much as that, we have to go on. Um, I'm, I'm de- like I said, I'm definitely going to be seeing it.
0: Yeah, I'm a little worried of the drama of it. I feel like they're going to do way too much to try to humanize uh, Deadpool, which I understand this is a movie you have to get the general audience in there, uh, which is totally cool and fine, but I just feel like it's going to be a lot of, like, I'm doing it for her stuff, because they even kind of say that in the trailer, and I don't love that motivation for Deadpool. Um, But we'll we'll see. Um, I did love the part when, uh, first of all, Colossus, yay and it'll be in the movie i'm excited but i love what it's like uh what's your name which is what teenage negasonic warhead like what the shit that's the coolest name ever uh there's like there's moments like that i'm like yes great that's what i want out of this movie what i didn't love is how they possibly recut the um scene on the highway where he's like you know i wear my red suit so they don't see me bleed i hope he's wearing his brown pants i love the way that was done in the test footage and the mm-hmm. way of like having him yell it out to a large crowd just didn't, I don't know, work as well to me. Um, they didn't have a lot of him breaking the fourth wall, which I thought they would have shown more of that. Because uh, that seems like that needs to be a major part of the movie. But this, again, this was a first trailer, and obviously they're still working on the film. So I, much yet to be seen. And we will talk about the trailer when we get the HD version. And we'll talk about Ant-Man next week as well. Um, because you got to see it I have not got to see it yet I'm going to see it in a couple days and we'll kind of do our uh, you know give our, our very spoilery talk on how we felt the movie went
1: the Ant-Man special
0: Ant-Man special well that is going to almost wrap it up for us Nick do you have a recommendation this week
1: oh crap after all these things we talked about I didn't think of it um
0: okay um
1: Um. I finished the first volume, and I'm working on the second one, Um, but it's actually a book called Noble Causes by Jay Farber, who has been writing our beloved Copperhead. Mm. Uh, This is one of, on the earlier side, uh, I guess not actually the earlier side, because I just discovered that he did a uh, Iron Fist and Wolverine team-up book uh, way back when. Um, But Noble Causes is kind of a mix of kind of like Hollywood real life mixed with superheroes where you've got obviously like the big shiny super team, uh, family. So more on I guess, the fantastic forest side. Um, but obviously, um, beneath all the glitz and glamor, you have a lot of like self-destructive personalities and a lot of drama. Um, it's, it's definitely almost in a flavor of invincible, which they actually both may have started around the same time. If I'm, if I'm thinking correctly, uh, it is an image book. And uh, it's also some of the earliest work of Patrick Gleason, our beloved Patrick Gleeson. Hmm. Um, and I mean, overall, it's it's a good book. It's definitely something that you know it wears its ridiculousness on its sleeve. But uh, the further, the deeper you get into it, the the more honest the character relationships seem to be. Uh, the The main the kind of starting point is that one of the the sons of the family, um, Race, who coincidentally also runs very fast um uh, ends up bringing a girl home to meet the folks when obviously everyone in this family is like powerful and crazy and and weird and she's basically like owns a bookstore Mm -hmm. she's just like an average joe or jane um and they end up falling in love and they get married and then it kind of snowballs from there but it's it's kind of like you know it's that that typical like you get that point of view character that can kind of we can relate to into this big crazy world and then just shit hits the fan um but yeah, if you ever get a chance, definitely check it out. Noble Causes. Uh, it might you can probably find it on Amazon. Uh, maybe your shop has back issues of it or um, uh, collected editions. Um, but check it out.
0: Very cool, Noble Causes by Jay Farber. Check it out. I am going to recommend this week a book that I was unable uh, to recommend up until uh, today when I first read it and that is Batman earth 1 volume 1 it is a different take on Batman you if you want to hear my thoughts go back a little bit to uh, the beginning of the show and you can get noble causes on Amazon by the way um, it is on there for about 13 bucks per volume but anyway uh, yeah it's a good take a good fresh take on the Batman story that I think People will really enjoy, much like I did, and look forward to my uh, talking on Volume 2 probably soon, maybe in the next uh, month or so. Well, that is going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in, and we look forward to speaking to you next week. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at uh, Comics. You can uh, go to our website for more information about the show, Heckyacomics.com. You can email us any thoughts you have, any corrections for mistakes you feel that we make that we will, of course, not ignore outright uh, to heckyeahcomics at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at devluz and you can find Nick... uh, Man... Where where is Uh, You can find Nick stuck in a perpetual loop singing the Farmer's Insurance theme song to himself while wrapped in a straitjacket in a mental institution. If you enjoyed the show, then please tell your friends. And if you hated it, then please tell your enemies. Until next time, goodbye.
1: Road
0: ever.